most of his rights to save himself. That was what they dreamed up. But they also went through all the other scenarios to pandemics, plagues, um, all kinds of threats, substitutes, you see, for war. So we'd allow ourselves to be managed. But mind you, too, it was also to make massive profits from the public because the world is really run in a different fashion from the way we think. Uh, we know, for instance, that you're, the politicians at the top are front men. They're chosen and trained long before the public even get their names to vote for. And the big lobby groups go along with them hand in hand. And I'm going to go into that tonight to show you how it works back after this break. Alan Watt, and we're cutting through the matrix. As I say, we're given these panics to follow every so often, until we're living in an era of one panic after another. But I've gone into the precursor of the United Nations, which was called the League of Nations. And when they set up the League of Nations at the end of World War One, they also set up a department that would become the World Health Organization. And one of its mandates was to have everyone on the planet vaccinated for everything. And they wanted over a hundred year span to build up this service, the health services, into authorities. But that would take a lot of training, the public. Well, you see, intergenerationally for a hundred years, we've been trained now that we would do what we're told. When you walk into a hospital, you take these jabs, you'll need this, you'll need that. And they even try and tell you that uh, you can't leave without inoculations. They lie to you all the time. But that works with most people, and that's what they're after is most people, you see. Because under democracy, which they like to think is mob rule, the mob, you see, do what they're told without thinking. And they guide them. Therefore, it's always a minority who know what's going on. And they're forced along because... Well, see, what's wrong with you? Everybody else is accepting this. That's how simple it is in democracy to rule the world. The mob never go anywhere. They go where they're pointed by the experts without really reasoning it through and never catching on. They're being lied to. It doesn't dawn on them. Why would the media be there to lie? The media, they think, is some sort of holy institution that's been there when they were born. And they grew up watching these same faces stare at them night after night and obviously tell them the truth. How could anyone lie for 40, 50 years to them? You grew up like grandma and grandpa looking at these people. That's what they look like to you. That's why they keep them on the staff for 50 years. To make you familiar with them. It's part of your family. They're there every night at 6 p.m. to give you your reality. This hype about swine flu is just one of the latest farces. And I actually have uh, a recording of the, the head of the World, World Health Organization from Al talking to Al Jazeera about, and he's blowing up all the statistics, and he has nothing to back his lies up with except the hype. Because you're in a state's panic creation, and don't believe for a minute that the World Health Organization is some kind of independent body that looks after you. 
the funding they get is primarily, from, apart from governments and all the rest of it, is from the big pharma companies. So creating crisis is fantastic. I read yesterday some articles on the newspaper about uh, the, the, the stock market skyrocketing with all these antiviral drugs. It's, it's fantastic business. Panic and hype. And the last farce with this swine flu, I even gave links before, months and months ago, to the CBC documentaries done in the 1950s when this swine flu supposedly came out. And it started at Fort Dix, I think it was, when a soldier came down with it. Now, they'd just been inoculated with this experimental vaccine, so this is where supposedly it broke out. The next thing you know, the World Health Organization, are got, they've got their drums out, and they're banging away there, hype and terror and fear, and the big pharma comes in with inoculations, and then people start dying off the inoculations. And that's also when the Guillaume Barr syndrome, uh, well, the Guillaume, the, the other one, not, not Guillaume Barr, it was the, it was the one anyway that brought down the, some of the athletes, that's how it got well known. I think it was, uh, anyway, the fact is it was related to the vaccines, and now it's common with different vaccines. Even some of people get the flu shots come down with this thing. So that to be shelved. And they had millions and millions of government-ordered stock that was paid for by the taxpayers. It was all shelved. And here they are at it again. People don't know that everyone benefits right down to your local doctor with all of these crises to do with medicine and preventative medicine. Here's an article from the Department of Health and Human Services, Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, Washington, D.C. And... This was a, a release they gave out in November the 3rd, 2004. It says, Medicare announces new preventative benefits. See, now it's all prevention, which means big money for stuff that probably won't, won't do anything at all. And, and physician payment increases in final physician payment rule for 2005. Then it goes on to show you how much they're paid for all these inoculations they give per doctor and how Medicare is really ramping it up. And if they can get over 70% of their patients inoculated against everything, they have these massive bonuses paid to them. If they don't get 70%, they don't get the money. So that's why they push, they're all pushing for every new inoculation that comes down the pike. It's incredible. And you think they're there to help you. It's all money. And greed. these guys themselves that give you the jab, you know, are given very little in their education about even how certain diseases work in the human body. But they're taught a lot about how to conduct business nowadays. They didn't used to get little business courses included in their time. Now it's a big part of the business. And how to interact with the pharma companies because that's where their business lies really. Big payoffs. I'll put this link up at the end of the show. And you can look for it for yourself. But also, there's another link here, and you can really go into this in detail. This particular article and many more are on the site. It's called Money Incentive Medical Control Ploys. Medical Control Ploys. Excellent site. And it gives you some examples. It says here, um, the hepatitis B vaccine developed by Chiron, Emeryville, CA, California. The B vaccine, which racked up 
over $2 billion, $2 billion in worldwide sales last year was licensed to Merck, which subsequently licensed to SmithKline Beecham. See, they all profit from it. Biogen also played a role in developing the product and still receives royalties on its sales from both Merck, STB, and as does Chiron or Chiron. Then it says here, this is the part here, November 2006, from that article I read just previously. Based on the average patient list of 5,000 people, if 70% of under twos have all their jabs, the practice, the, the, the GP's practice gets a 2,655. This is a pound. This is Britain as well. But bonus. But if 90% of toddlers are fully immunized, the bonus rockets to 7,965. Surgeries are paid another 822. If 70% of under fives have all their jabs, if 90% of under fives do this, then the practice gets a bonus of 2,465. And if fewer than 70% of children are vaccinated, doctors get nothing. So this, 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 this particular place, as I say, medical control place gives you the US, Canada, Britain, and so on, and how they're all in on the same racket and what the, the GPs are raking in on every panic that's created on the people who go there trustingly, trustingly, never knowing that uh, this stuff is pretty well useless. It's not only useless, it's very detrimental to your immune system. It says here, vaccinations are now carried out for purely commercial reasons because they fetch huge profits for the pharmaceutical industry. There's no scientific evidence that vaccinations are of any benefit, but it's clear that they cause a great deal of harm. That's Dr. Buchwald in the decline of tuberculosis, despite protective vaccination by Dr. Gerhard Buchwald, MD, page 130-134. Now, I've read articles in the past to do with uh, jabs that they've given where they were potentially useless. In fact, I even read the article by the inventor of the present flu inoculations from Australia, who said this himself, that it was useless. It was useless. If you notice, too, in today's papers and yesterday's papers, they're telling you that the Center for Disease Control is telling you uh, that the, the current uh, flu shots that, that, that most folk went and got because it was free didn't stop any of the flus that broke out this year. It never does. They always tell you this in the spring. And it won't stop the swine flu either. So what good is it? Maybe we should be asking another question. What's it really doing to us? What's it really doing? Think about it. Here's an article from the Wise Up Journal. He's also got an article included there from the Irish Examiner. Now, we've all of our thoughts on many shows about autism. I've given the statistics for skyrocketing with the, the early shots that the children get. And how, how the new autism starts around the age, just about 18 months, two years old, right after they've had their, their jabs, the first main set of jabs. The child is developing normally, starting to say dada, mama, and all that kind of stuff, and then suddenly it goes quiet. That's the new autism. Then they came out and tried to blame the patients, the victims, and say, well, they had, they had basically an, a, a, the wrong type of mitochondria in their DNA structures, so it was their fault, really. Uh, they're, they're flawed. No, they're not flawed at all. You see, there's a whole variety. We're not all exactly the same. And we can all function perfectly well if we're left alone. But once they, they hit you with some of these this kind of stuff, if you have particular DNA structures, you can be severely damaged. And they know this. And they've lied for years about it. And yet now, here's from the Wise Up Journal, 
which is the article below from the Irish Examiner, stated that the government was willing to pay parents for a vaccine the state prom- uh, promoted, as they do with most corporations' vaccines that damaged children. A government unit was established to handle the problem, yet if you speak with government employees about the warnings raised today by parents whose children stopped talking after receiving vaccines, they'll tell you, as far as I can tell, there are no doubts on the safety of vaccines. So here they are with their speak, you see. With statements similar to, as far as I can tell, it takes legal responsibility off of them as they're simply informing you of their belief, opinion, spin of the information they're willing to admit having read. So I'm going to go into this article because now they're admitting it, you see. Although they're trying to say it's only a small group that, uh, well, becomes effective. Back with more after this break. I am Alan Watt. We're cutting through the matrix, getting to the bottom of some of the rackets that go on uh, with those who create panic. You know there are actually foundations dedicated to getting everyone vaccinated. There's various coalitions, etc., all set, well funded to get their propaganda through all media. You don't notice it most of the time amongst all the other trivial media, but it really sinks into your subconscious as they program you. You're constantly being programmed. And you're unaware of it. And then when they come out with the big scare tactic again, they always do it every 30, 40 years after the last lot killed a bunch of people. I mean, the treatment, that is, for something that generally didn't exist. They try it again. They patience, these boys. Thalidomide came back out. You know that? Remember it had all the children who were deformed because their mothers were on it when they were pregnant? And they brought it out a few years ago, back again with a different name, and they said it might be a possible deterrent for breast cancer. See, they never give up. They never give up. You know, there's always a buck to be made. And if you were silly enough to take it um, while you're pregnant, well, hey, they've warned you. Everything that they're caught at, they fight, and, and they keep it quiet for years, years and years and years by payoffs. And the lobby groups have personal contact with the boys at the top of your government's. So here they are. Ireland is doing this. Other countries were doing it quietly too. Just the name of the government unit is telling the government uh, section on this. Vaccine Damage Steering Group. The Vaccine Damage Steering Group. Isn't that amazing, eh? Just with a name like that, it's no surprise it steers parents to no-fault compensation. The article below was published in July 2007 and the submission's deadline for parents with vaccine-damaged children was one month later. So there's an admission that it caused it. This makes you think maybe the public should not trust bureaucrats and corporations. The Western societies trust bureaucrats running their country financially. The Western countries trust them with their children's bodies and minds. But rest assured, if you ever do discover vaccinations limited the potential of your child's intellect, and you won't notice a few IQ points, maybe, or long-term immune system problems, and the government are even forced the kids later to partially admit to ruining your child, they might pay you a few months' salary. But if you refuse that payoff, and if you live long enough, you might have a little higher chance than no chance at all of suing the corporation who manufactured the vaccine, and you could get more money. But I doubt it. 
And then I'll give you the link too to the Irish Examiner at the end of the show. Go to my site, cuttingthroughmatrix.com. And you can read the rest of it too. A little bit more it says here, the state-appointed group charged with drafting compensation scheme for vaccine-damaged children. Remember too, autism is the extreme form of it. Attention deficit and all these new things we've had over the years are all just subcategories of the same thing. And you know something? They know this at the top. They've always known it at the top. The Vaccine Damage Steering Group was established by the Department of Health and Children earlier this year. Five years ago, the Joint Committee on Health and Children recommended that a no-fault compensation scheme could be established. That means if you take the payment, then you shut your mouth and you don't talk to the press again. That's how they do it. So the members of the Vaccine Damage Steering Group include representatives from the Department of Health and Children, these wonderful agencies, the Health Service Executive, that's the government, the Irish Medical Board, and the State Claims Agency. And they still want to bang more of this stuff in you. And the public have been trained over the last few years with their free flu shots, and they always create a panic as winter is setting in and tell everyone to get it. And they unfortunately roll them up there. And the wheelchairs and everything and auction tanks all thinking they're going to get the flu. And they found time after time, every spring, to tell you a truth. They'll tell you the truth. It didn't work. It was the wrong flu combinations. And then the other studies that have been done will show that there's no difference at all in the numbers who were vaccinated and non-vaccinated who got the flu. So why do they keep pushing it every year? Because it's incredible incredible, it's an incredible windfall for these boys. Coming plagues are wonderful. They have all these drugs that may or may not help you. That's the legality out of it again. And they get governments to stockpile of stuff. What a great business. What a great business. Fear is tremendous for selling. Fantastic. So that's why I'm not going to even go in to this nonsense with the swine flu. It was, um, as I say before, as I said before, the, the side effects of these inoculations are incredible. The Lou Gehrig syndrome was the one I was trying to think of earlier that came out uh, really big time, sevenfold actually went up with inoculations for the last swine flu inoculations. People were dying. That's why they had to stop giving out all the shots. And the U.S. government was left with millions of unused shots because people were dropping dead. That doesn't stop them, though. I read once from Jack C. Lowell, who was an expert in many fields of psychology, you might say, and world management. And... He talked a lot about propaganda. He said every medical show you see on television, fictional or otherwise, but mainly fictional, is nothing but propaganda to give you a false impression of what it's really all about. Back with more after this break. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. 
I'm Alan Watt. We're cutting through the matrix. I'll try also and find that CBC documentary that goes through the last big farce of the the swine flu, giving the history of it too. But isn't it amazing that it broke out in a military unit, a base where they just had inoculations? Didn't happen before it. And one of the soldiers died, apparently. Then comes a big pharma immediately. Do you know how long it actually... They'll tell you this themselves. This is an astonishing thing. When the SARS outbreak came, they said it would take maybe two to three years to find, possibly find, a vaccine that would work. Well, we're still waiting for it in Canada. This is what you always get. You're always still waiting for it. But isn't it weird... As soon as something breaks out, the government's throwing millions immediately at the pharma boys and the vaccine manufacturers to find something that would, that would obviously they'll be dead before they, they came up with it. If that's the case, going by their own doctrine and what they tell you. But they've got this, all this old stuff, you see, that they can throw together and, and maybe, maybe they'll give you some protection. If you sell any product, I don't think maybe... It's good enough. This spade might dig a few times. It might dig a couple of holes before it breaks. Maybe. You wouldn't buy it, right? Or, or this garden tractor maybe will work and maybe won't. Do you understand the, this is the greatest business to be in? Because people, you see, when you get them in fear of their very lives, you've got them. You've got the sale right there. And the, politi- the politicians... You think there's no corruption in politics? Look at the lobby groups surrounding every major capital city right opposite their government buildings. It isn't ordinary citizens that are getting access to politicians every day. It's the heads of these corporations. We used to call that fascism, a term that doesn't mean anything to an ignorant population anymore, and they're dumbed down and ignorant by design. Carl Quigley said in his own book, the system they're bringing in is a form of feudalism where the top executives and CEOs of corporations, international corporations, will be the new overlords. And here they are dictating to governments. And governments happily comply. Authorities, you see, they start off as private businesses, then they spawn off the sideline called health agencies, services, and then they become authorities. Now they're telling us what to do. Last night I mentioned how many crises we've had since they started off the 21st century. It was fairly quiet before that. Not a lot happened all at once. And suddenly it's terrorism everywhere. We're getting orange alerts like Star Trek, Enterprise, red alerts, all the rest of it. Possible atomic things coming into New York Harbor, all nonsense put up by PSYOPs operations to terrify the public. And then you find there's going to be terrorism everywhere. Nobody's scared. And we lose all our rights and freedoms. We'll have to carry ID cards. Warfare scenarios, the rationing is still to come. I I told you that years ago. In a wartime scenario, they won't be happy till there's people, refugees, moving within countries. That will come, guarantee you. See, they've got the ration cards already printed up. 
got your ID cards already. A lot of them already have them. You have no privacy. You have to act, say where you're going before you leave the country. If they allow you to leave, never mind get back in. But we'll start to get the people moving. See, now food's another one during wartime. This article is from the BBC News, April 27, 2009. Signs cash to beat food riots by Palak Gosh. Oh gosh. Science correspondent, BBC News. Food riots are a real threat in some developing and emerging countries unless funds are for agriculture research are increased, says a UK scientist. See, an expert's talking here. Professor Douglas Kell says investment in the UK alone needs to be increased by 100 million pounds if farmers are to produce sufficient food to meet global demand. Now, about a month ago, I read an article from Britain where they're encouraging people to start backyard gardening up for the coming food shortages in Britain. But here they are talking about if farmers have any export stuff to meet the global demand. So double speak here. He says, this is happening now, he told BBC News. Last year in Indonesia and Mexico, there were food riots. Professor Kell leads the Biotechnology and Biological Sciences Research Council. No kidding. He envisages further unrest that there's not a major effort to develop agricultural science. So they want more money put into it. What they really mean is they want more authority to be up there with the farmer boys. This makes it sound rather dramatic, but if I have to choose between yes and no, the answer is yes. This warning follows a statement by the UK government's chief scientific advisor, Professor John Beddington, in which he said that demands for food and energy would jump, would jump, 50% by 2030, as the population topped 8.3 billion. They're always using figures and projections that are never true. That's never stopped them since the 1700s. It works every time. And remember that article, too, in the link I put up before from the Council of Foreign Relations. It's actually from Chatham House, their headquarters in England. And it says there that they have whole teams working on the coming worldwide food shortages. They've had them going there for, for 15 to 20 years working on this. We never even heard of it until recently. It's all planned this way. That's why. This is the age of crisis creation. And with pandemics coming along, at least the threat of them, you only start to see them moving people, just like New Orleans. That was the big one to get you used to. People getting moved out far, far away from their home. Thousands of miles in some cases. You'll see people get moved out of cities, partial movement of, of cities. Refugees is what they want until we're in a real warfare scenario, you see. Because remember, all of this is a substitute for war. They need war scenarios to keep control over people especially the totalitarian-type control that they really desire, and have the public comply. The public only comply when they fear for their lives, and they've been trained that the government's there to help them. The same organizations are creating the fear. They are the abusers, and the abused always go back to the abuser for help. Perfect, isn't it? Perfect. This is an article here from McLean's magazine. This is the same magazine I remember when, when uh, the big trio, they call them, the three amigos, uh, decided when they had the free trade negotiations, the president of the U.S., uh, the Prime Minister of Canada and Mexico, uh, when they talked about who should be put in charge of 
this amalgamation, who should be president of it. And all the newspapers, including McLean, said this was the man for the job, and they gave us the, the Mexican president. And a few months later, the Mexican president absconded from his country with the treasury of Mexico. Do you remember that, folks? Do you remember, do you remember these things? That's a few years ago, not long ago. And they couldn't find them anywhere. This is the man that the, the president of the U.S. and the prime minister of Canada says was a man for the job, and McLean said that. So here's McLean's talking about something else now, so you know where they come from. They're very good with their predictions. And by the way, the president of Mexico was found, was living in Ottawa, in Montreal, for a year before he was found, then he went off to live in Ireland. We found out from a Swiss program that was trying to trace the money through the Swiss banks. Getting back to this article, McLean's magazine, it says here, Canada's spy agencies, a state worthy of name has no friends, only interest. That was French President Charles de Gaulle, 1962, paraphrasing Britain's Lord Palmerston, 1848. Then he goes on about, the agency's name is absent from the address board in the lobby, but on the fifth floor of an unassuming office tower at Ottawa's Billings Plaza, or Bridge Plaza, right beside a local Zeller's, are several sub-offices of the Communications Security Establishment, Canada's most secret and least accountable spy service. It's really part of the NSA. Communications Security Establishment asks an Ottawa Directory Assistant operator, we don't have a telephone listing under that name. The faxes that the CSC sends do not carry a return fax number. Its letterhead address is anonymous-sounding PO Box 9703. Then they go into what it's all about. I'll put this link up at the end of the site, try and go through the thing, because a lot of it's propaganda. Some of it's misleading as well. But the fact is, this is only one of many agencies that every country has. The spies in their own people. It isn't not just to spy abroad. That's to throw the scent off what they're really up to. It's all part of watching us. And they've paid millions of dollars, and there's no oversight. No oversight to what they're up to. Any politician that had the guts to try to find out would be stopped and be told it was none of his business. But that will never happen anyway because there's not one with enough guts to find out what they're really up to. Politicians are a different breed and they know what questions not to ask. That's how you rise up in politics. What questions not to stick your nose into. But it's, it's quite an interesting article to show you some of the things they've been up to in the past. I can remember when the U.S. and Canada used to compete for Russia's order of grain every year because Russia, the Soviet Union couldn't feed itself. We fed them, our greatest enemy supposedly. We fed them to make sure they could keep uh, threatening us. And I can remember when it used to break out that, that Canada had been listening in to some of the CIA who were all listening in to the meetings between the different uh, boards for the government and the Soviet diplomats. They were listening in. It broke out in the papers at the time. So look, first and foremost in spy agencies is the economic system and those who own the economic system. That's what it's all about. Everything else to do is just simple total control over every citizen. That's what they're really all about. Their own citizens. Everything is different from the way it's presented to the public. So I won't read it as I say, but I'll put the link up for you to go through. It does show you the kind of funding that they get and how basically, as I say, there's no oversight. No oversight at all. Because, you see, there's a real government, and it's not the one you elect. 
And there's only one real government, and it runs the world. And that's who these boys at the top will report to, not your prime minister or your president. That's how it really, really works. And just before I go on to your caller, I want to mention the scare that happened uh, with, with the plane that went over New York. This came out today, this article, 20th April 2009, from Voice of America. It's interesting, this article broke out in the Indian press in India before it was admitted to here or anywhere else in the West. A U.S. presidential airplane escorted by a military fighter flew low over southern New York City early Monday, startling some office workers still scarred by memories of the September 11, 2001 attacks in the World Trade Center. It was very low, you see, a couple of hundred feet high. People fled from several buildings in New York. They fled, right? As a presidential 747 and the fighter escort flew low over the Statue of Liberty in what Federation Aviation officials later said was an approved photo opportunity. Now, they informed everybody in New York State and government and the police, but they didn't tell the public. Boy, they must laugh at the public, eh? But the strange thing was, someone in Ottawa saw it the same day, but just before this. So this plane was up in Canada with the fighter behind it. This was a very credible witness. We're the last, you know, what's really ever, ever going on. Now, we'll go to the phone calls, and there's Adrian from Seattle. There you there, Adrian. Yes, I am. Yes. Alan, how are you? I'm hanging in here. Same here. Uh, I just wanted to bring up uh, last week on April 20th, I sent you a link about uh, an article in the AP, and it reads, AP impacts tons of released drugs taint U.S. water. Yeah. Uh, they ran this piece briefly just for that day. Nothing else was said about it. Uh, and then Frontline ran a piece on uh, disappearing waterways and how they're becoming so polluted, and then nothing else was said about it. Now, one of the drugs that was listed was lithium. Yeah. It's being released, and the, FDA, the EPA monitor, monitors these drugs but says nothing mm-hmm. because, you know, it's, uh, what's the word, it's, negligible about what it could be doing to humans. Yeah. And, you know, I told this to a few people, and they said, oh, wow, that's crazy, and then nothing else. Mm-hmm. Then all of a sudden, fast forward this week, now we're talking about swine flu. Yeah. Now, I'm really urging callers, I mean, well, listeners, to uh, really do the research on this and research uh, possible filtration techniques because, from the way this article sounds, it's not going to stop. They're going to keep, and it's 271 million pounds of pharmaceuticals in waterways. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a lot of pharmaceuticals that we don't know about. They only list a few on this page. You can find the link at thefreelibrary.com. Mm-hmm. It's originally an AP News report, and yeah. it was on April 20th for anybody who's interested. Yeah, there's also been articles in Canada about the same thing uh, to do with even Lake Ontario, where they get a lot of drinking water from for Toronto. Mm. 
and that came out up at two or three years ago with high levels of estrogen and different things and all these different yeah. pharma drugs in it. But let's not get thrown off either. Remember, these guys are spraying us every darn day for 10 years, oh, and yeah. that stuff's all yeah, coming down. Most places get their water from open reservoirs that collect the stuff. Yeah, and okay. they know exactly at the top what, what we're getting and what it's doing to us because it's intentional. <laughs> well, it could explain the apathy. You know, when you try to explain, you know, all these strange lines and diagrams in the sky that are drawn every day, yeah. the apathy that you get when you explain it to people. Now, I mean, mm -hmm. you know, we all know about SOMA. There's nobody the home. There's nobody home when you see the eyes and it doesn't register. Yeah. They, they can look at it, it's like a war zone sometimes in the sky, and doesn't register with them. There's nobody home, which means on these particular people, the drugs are working very well indeed. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I just urge everyone who's listening to, uh, first of all, research this article, uh, do their own test on the water if they can, and, you know, help us all out and tell us what they find, and and some good filtration techniques where we can cut down some of this stuff from getting to our systems and those of our loved ones. Yeah, and, and you've got to take, pay the right money for them too because the, the low-cost things, they won't go into the chemicals in any great detail. You mm -hmm. have to be willing to put the money up to get a, a really good report. And I'll tell you another thing too, it's hard to get a, an independent report today because they've all been given the word. Uh, they yeah. don't want the public to know what's going on. Yeah. yeah. Uh, even if we did get the word, uh, how many people would actually listen? Yeah. I know. But, but well, thanks for calling, Adrian. I'll right. be back after this break. And there's Robert from Indiana. There, are you there, Robert? Hello? Is Robert there? No, no Robert. Well, I'll get back into this uh, medical ploys article here. It's incredible. It says here, in the calendar year 1999, the U.S. federal government purchased approximately 600,000 million dollars worth of vaccine. Federal government. This amount has generally represented one half of the monetary outlay of vaccine in the U.S. Therefore, the total amount spent on childhood vaccines is approximately it's about 100, 1,200 trillion dollars annually. It's incredible. That's about 1,200 million dollars annually in the U.S. And it says here uh, that basically because it's climbing, it keeps pushing more and more drugs. Because it used to be $10 for the average child to get their early inoculations in 1975. <clears throat> but it climbed to $385 in 2001 because of all the, prop the propaganda and promotion of and good lobbying. The cost of vaccine purchase in the year 2000 uh, says followed recommendation of seven additional vaccines is estimated to be $1,225 per child. And, and on and on it goes. It's the greatest business to be in. And it lists all, this, this site lists all of the big companies and what they make off these, these scares. It's incredible. It's incredible. What a business. 
And you don't have to guarantee that anything works. It's, it's, it, it'd be fantastic if you do that in other businesses. Eh? They guarantee to become wealthy. It says to encourage high vaccination rates, federal officials give grants and other financial incentives to state health and education agencies or withhold them. In 1993, the Clinton administration launched an immunization initiatives and Congress authorized more than $400 million for states that enforced mandatory vaccination by using social security numbers to track children from birth. Simultaneously, a grant program rewards uh, state health departments with up to $100 for each child fully vaccinated. That was by Barbara Lowe Fisher. Incredible. And, and what they've got on the waiting list to get approved is, is astonishing. It's never-ending now that they're on a roll, you see. And they're, they're already pushing governments to do mandatory booster shots for everyone all through their lives. And governments, I have no doubts, being what they are, will pass that too. And if you think you have no immune system now, and if you think that this total allergy syndrome that everyone's coming down with is bad at the moment, you ain't seen nothing yet. Remember, there's a big plan at the United Nations for world depopulation. How do you think they'll do it? And they've already sterilized most of us according to their own official reports. We've gone through this many times, all the different stuff that's been put in our food, how they even knew the particular artificial estrogens that were attacking women while the male child was in the womb. Now, most male men are 85% sterile, with only about 5-6% motile sperm left. Doesn't happen in evolution. Doesn't happen from 1950 and skyrocket to the day to the present without it being planned that way. Think about it when you see all these spheres coming along. If you really want those shots or not. From Hamish myself in Ontario, Canada, it's good night. And may your God or your gods go with you.